to stand out and to really deliver the best customer experience full funnel from awareness to they sign your contract or they're a customer to retaining and all of that is you lead with value. And once that's up and running in, you're getting amazing feedback, then you can start to think about ways in which your customers could almost volunteer or help you out in ways in return. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the State of Customer Storytelling podcast, the show that is all about helping you as a B2B marketing leader get the download on the most current practices and strategies related to all things customer marketing and customer storytelling so you can make customer stories your competitive advantage. The State of Customer Storytelling is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero helps over 300 B2B software companies easily create stunning video testimonials that close deals faster. You can view examples and find out more at testimonialhero.com. Today on the show, we have Tara Pollack, Head of Marketing US at GetAccept. Tara, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Super happy to be here. Absolutely. And just to kick us off, For the first question, why does customer advocacy and and customer storytelling and customer marketing really, you know, why does it matter and why especially does it, you know, matter today? Great question. I think this (laughs) can go in many directions with this question, but for me, it's really because the bottom line, I say this a lot, you're in business because of your customers, every business, right? The one down the street big sales tech, startups, really, if you think about what you're doing at the end of the day, yes, we all have KPIs and we all have goals, but you're really out there helping customers and having them achieve success. But I think the reason it's super important today to be aware of your customer experience from like full cycle of what they're hearing before they're a customer, when they become a customer throughout that journey is things have really flipped and your customers have all the the power today. So you can look at that as buyers have all the power, right? I always look at examples like something like B2C, people can kind of wrap their brain around. So think of the power of choosing at your house, right? How many apps you have on your phone or your phone or your TV or your tablet to stream content these days, ready? My own household has (laughs) Netflix, Apple TV. I just downloaded Peacock. Like you constantly are changing. So we're in control. Like gone are the days where you only have like a TV cable service. So really the digital kind of transformation we've had over the years is the customers hold all the, the buying power and they hold their own experience. And I read something, I think the end of last year, a stat from Gartner told me that 60% of businesses consider a new alternative when their renewal comes up. So to me, that means 60% of your customers are constantly looking to change. And so if you're looking at retention and you're looking at growth, the only thing you should be looking at are customers and their experience and how you're helping them achieve success. Such a good point. And it, it's it's always so much more cost-effective to retain your customers, right? Than, than be always having to find new ones. And 
I know that you have built a customer advocacy, customer marketing program from the ground up at one of your previous companies. Tell me a little bit about that. Maybe if you want to just rewind and kind of tell the story a little bit. Yeah, sure. So for me, I started at a little startup and it was just in the marketing department myself and a graphic designer. And then we grew and grew over the years. But the one thing that we constantly made sure of is we were being very conscious of what types of customers we had and being very close to their own KPIs in their business. And from at that point, I was a marketing manager. And for me to get insight into, we would divide our customers by you know, the 80-20 rule, right? (laughs) 20% are really driving a lot of the ARR, to be honest. And so I was able to sit in on kind of customer success calls and listen to their challenges and things that they were really struggling with. And so for me as a marketer, it gave me so many ideas just on the ground that what if we could do this for them? Would that make a big difference in their world? What if we could do this? Oh, that's not something they're focusing on. And so we always looked at, okay, if we can help grow our customer's business in return, we will retain them, right? And so we divided into a couple teams as I I grew the, the team out. And one was literally called customer marketing. And I think there's a lot of confusion in customer marketing today in that term. And what I think customer marketing is, is really figuring out a goal and vision that you have to empower and help your customers through what you can offer them, not through community. I see a lot of marketers think like, oh, let's build a community and they can talk to each other. Or how do we get them? It's very like self-serving. How do we get them? Let's market at our customers, right? And I look at it a completely different show. And so what more are they doing in their business? It might even be out of the scope of what your business does. But having that conversation builds a relationship with them that I think is just crucial and critical. And maybe, maybe you can help them. You know, maybe it's something that your customer success team can think of. And maybe that's a lever for growth. Maybe you charge, maybe you don't. Maybe it's part of a retention strategy. And so that's actually what we built over time. We realized our customers needed help with their own marketing because no one has enough marketing resources, right? (laughs) Says the marketer. But we saw that opportunity to say like, hey, our customers are really struggling with putting these best practices in place at their own organization. What if we offered to just like the top five, the top 10 marketing plans for them? We didn't charge them for this, which they were all shocked at. We didn't scale this yet. We just tested it and tried it out. And so we really started to carve out like a kind of like a toolkit and a game plan for what really mattered to our customers and how we could create that sticky point. And for them, they're like, yeah, we don't have resources internally, but this vendor of ours is willing to give us a marketing plan and help aid in getting, pushing this out. So it created that firsthand value. And so really getting to know your customer, I think is the first step in building a customer marketing team, coming up with you know, is it a advocacy? Is it a, is it a panel? Is it five customers you get together on a monthly basis and create that relationship and get some solid transparent feedback? 
You need the ones that'll tell you what's going right, what's going wrong, what they dislike in order to build something of value to them that they see that you're creating just for them. So that's where I would start. Such an interesting point. I want to underscore that. I want to make sure we get into that because that may have gone over some people's heads a little bit. So like, can you compare and contrast that again? Because you're so right. Like there's so many different definitions of, of customer marketing. So like, if we're going to say like the traditional definition of customer marketing is marketing to and through customers. So like marketing for expansion and then also leveraging your customers to create content, video testimonials, et cetera. If that's the you know, more or less the traditional one, tell me again, what's your vision for it? Because that is super powerful. Yeah, for sure. So I view traditional customer marketing that I, I hear other marketers still today define customer marketing as literally marketing at their customers of like, oh, okay, like what can we communicate to our customers to upsell our product? What can we communicate to our customers to retain their business? And I'm not saying that's not important, right? That of course is, that's why we're all in business, right? <laughs> Those things still need to be happening through a customer marketing lens with your customer success team. That's a big key factor there to knowing what makes sense and what doesn't. And one size fits all never will work in a customer marketing, customer success fashion. If you truly know your customers and their pain points. But to me, customer marketing, I define it as the value that you're willing to give to your customers as it is. You do not want anything in return from them. You're not asking for anything yet. You're creating that optimal customer experience that at the end of the day, they feel like you're a true partner in their business, no questions asked. So what more can you be doing for your customer? What more can you be doing for their teams? How can you achieve their KPIs? And really knowing that and bringing that value and offering it to them without expecting anything in return. And once you get that off the ground, you'll see that these customers are so thankful and are experiencing something they don't experience with other vendors and other partners that they willingly on their own will just become advocates. And they'll want to do things for you. They'll ask you, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What else are you guys working on? You took my feedback and you made it happen or you offered another solution that doesn't work right now or it's in the roadmap. What can I do for you? And they'll literally come to you and want to give that in return. And so I think to me, that's the power of customer marketing. I love that. And just to kind of synthesize it for myself. So I think like a lot of times like a really clear best practice in customer marketing customer advocacy is like that two-way exchange of value kind of favor for a favor and like that's absolutely critical and it's not wrong <laughs> you know you don't want to just be a one-way exchange of value and like take from your customers but like what you're saying is like there's the opportunity to push that even further and actually lead with value and like you know just deliver so much value with no expectation, essentially, and just leading with value. Yeah. And, you know, I still believe in give and take relationships. And, you know, it's more of like a, a kind of a sales end. Don't give something away without asking for something in return. And I think there's definitely a time and place with that. But I think to stand out and to really deliver the best customer experience, 
full funnel from awareness to they sign your contract or they're a customer to retaining and all of that is you lead with value. And once that's up and running in, you're getting amazing feedback, then you can start to think about ways in which your customers could almost volunteer or help you out in ways in return. But you shouldn't expect it right away, honestly. I think you really need to be giving a lot more to your customers before you would even develop programs or initiatives to understand it coming back your way. If you do your job well enough, it'll come back your way, basically. <laughs> got it. Got it. And so for our listeners, once we've we've done our job you know, well enough as customer marketers and customers are volunteering, tell me more about the actually like how you think about kind of capturing their stories, sharing their stories or elevating their stories so you can functionally use them in your marketing programs, in your demand gen, video testimonials, case studies, third-party reviews. Yeah. How do you think about that, that next step when you're transitioning to, okay, like let's actually create that, that customer content? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. So I think for me, if you take a step back and you understand their story, this is like getting to know your customer and really understanding. And yes, most companies have thousands of customers. I'm not suggesting this is at scale yet. But when you're starting out, you know, work through your customer success team or your account manager, however it is on, on your end. And there's ways to do it at scale if you don't have it per account. But let's just focus on ones that we believe somebody internally knows their account. You talk about internally first. You really get to know how is our solution helping them? Do you pull stats out of your product or whatever your service is, right? And getting to know why they they signed. Go all the way back to when they became a customer of yours. What are they doing now? And really kind of framing that out internally. So you go to them and you're like, hey, Mr. Customer, I know you. <laughs> you know, like, I know your goals. I know what you're working on. I know your success. And we would love to share that with the world. And one way that most people find very flattering is, and you can understand this, you make them the hero. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another term, but it, the hero of the story, right? But it's, it's backed by like genuine data and facts and an evolution of say, they've been a customer for three years. And it's easy to tell their story when you're basically having that conversation and you tell it back to them. Because most times these days, people are so busy and they can't remember what they did two weeks ago or last quarter. But when you kind of wrap that up in evolution of where they started and where they're at now, they'll nod their head and be, they should be proud, right? If you're wanting to share their story with the world and the fact that they could probably be helping somebody else who has the same pain points, challenges. And I look at it at the end of the day, each customer has things in their their role or at their organization that they're focused on. And if your company helped them do that, then you can just bring that out. So I think setting that story for them with almost, they almost can't say no. <laughs> you know, it, it's through a compliment. I've done it many times to get customers on webinars. Of saying like, hey, what you're doing at your organization is so great. We've seen the results. We've worked with you guys. We'd love if you could share that because there's so many other people in your same boat. And typically, they're willing to share. <laughs> Especially if they've had 
real success with your platform, with their product, right? And that's such a good point. Do you have any specific stories that you could share around when you featured a customer in in a webinar or in case study or in a video testimonial and like you actually heard like, oh, because of shining the spotlight on them and making them the hero, they got a promotion or, you know, maybe they got, you know, moved to a new role at a new company, but like it was a big leap up or like, yeah, do you have any kind of no wins that you've actually heard of when a customer is like, hey, thanks for asking me to participate. This worked out so well. And, and yeah. Yeah. So I probably won't give out very specific information, but <laughs> this was at my last role with an association. And we worked with a marketing manager who was super bright and super smart. And you could tell she was just so determined and had so much grit and a lot on her plate, like most marketers do. And a lot of roles and and B2B tech and you have a lot on a lot on your plate at all times. So we could see her working super hard and she was super open-minded and loved idea generation. So we worked with her on new ideas of driving attendance to events and a few other things at their own association. And when we went to her and asked her about it, she was just like flattered that we would spotlight her. And one thing that we noticed is, you know, at certain organizations, there's people that like spotlight and are in the spotlight a lot. And then there's others that are doing just that same level of work and sometimes more, but they're not really getting recognized for it. Granted, this is from an outside view, right? They could be getting just as enough recognition and empowerment that they need. But we just saw her as like a rising star um, in that industry and at her, her organization. And so I think from our end, it was more of like a personal achievement and career growth development for her to come on one of our webinars and speak about something that she did internally very successful and share that with other people in her industry. The other part of a lot of, to your point, advocacy, if it's like a video testimonial or it's a webinar or an event or anything where a customer is really speaking on your behalf, a lot of them are very public, right? There's like social media attached to it these days and there's promotion and there's landing pages and you have this big campaign around it. And people have different personalities, whether they want all the spotlight on them or not. But at the end of the day, you're recognizing someone for their efforts. And she was just floored. And at the end of the day, we made sure that we still thanked her for her time. You know, we sent her a gift card and she, we made a very personalized gift card. We knew that she had a daughter that was two years old. So we gave her something very personal around that. And she just really appreciated that spotlight and was able to then internally put more of her ideas that we knew she had that sometimes had trouble getting buy-in by giving her that spotlight and that leverage internally. That's such a good example. And, and in particular, the point that like people like to be recognized in different ways when they may be more comfortable in a certain kind of more closed environment with their peers versus like sent out to hundreds of thousands of people. So yeah, that's a, such a good, such a good point. In terms of building trust with customers, like we've, we've hit on this. A, a few times, but I'd love to kind of double click into it. How do you think about and how do you create the trust with customers that kind of precedes everything that we're, we're talking about? 
Yeah, it's not an easy thing. If you have a very good customer success team, this is all day, every day, what they're trying to do, right? Again, it's kind of about listening to them, being a true partner and consulting. And I think honesty and transparency is something that can be underrated, but it's needed more. So an example of building trust is being upfront. Maybe there's an issue with your product or your service and letting them know that Hey, I hear you. This is, this is not okay. I'm working on it, but it's honestly going to take us two more months to do this. And it's really finding that compassion and that empathy for the customer, knowing that yes, they're still going to be probably maybe upset about something, but showing that you're really in their corner fighting for them and what's the best for their business. And I think the big difference is what's the best for their business might not be the best for your business. So sometimes you have to have tough conversations with customers that they might believe you should be doing, but internally you don't think you should be doing, right? And sometimes it's just one of those, this isn't what our solution does or our technology does. Like we want you to be happy. So we would actually recommend you going to look for a consultant or another tech tool or, or whatever that might be. And people will really appreciate the honesty. And sometimes they're even shocked by it because it were this is a long term, right? You want to hold customers for a long, a long time. It's, it's like a life cycle. It's not a, Oh my gosh, retain this month, retain this month. Yes. We all have those goals, but at the end of the day, you want happy customers, right? So true. And Segwaying to the different mediums and and formats of customer content and customer stories, how do you think about that in in your marketing mix in terms of, of course, like the traditional written case study? Now, also, third-party reviews are been a big shift the past three, four years, especially. And of course, video testimonials, customer videos, more People want to watch, simply want to watch video than read these days. And there's probably a couple other formats, maybe even like reference calls in some respects could be a a customer storytelling format, webinars. How do you personally think about these kind of like different mediums and where they fit in your marketing mix, you know, where you kind of prioritize them if you do? I think going back to, it's all about the customer and that trust and relationship and their experience is... We try to have a variety of formats to just answer your question. You can have the written case study, you can have the video, you can have the reviews, referrals, references, storytelling, scenario planning, quotes. There's just kind of like endless proof from the customer end. So I think as far as formats, you want to have a little bit of everything because everyone absorbs content in different ways. And then you can promote it in different ways, right? If you start to get tactical in the channels, you're not going to have a a two-page case study on <laughs> on LinkedIn, right? You know, you have a very short, short format, but you can slice and dice and do snippets. And so I look at you need to have a little bit of everything, but really to me, it's like the power of what the customer is saying and what the customer wants to give you. So a lot of marketing teams will say like, all right, now we have this project to collect 20 quotes, or we're going to do 10 videos or things like that. I've always found a really nice way to 
ask once you already have the relationship and the trust. And again, you've built that kind of customer marketing. We've already given a lot of value to them first, and they're more than happy to provide you something back to your team is asking them. Don't just ask them for the quote or the video testimonial or the scenario or join the webinar. Put that out there that would love to share their story and show examples of how we could do this. And you'll find it very surprising, I think, that some people are willing to get on a call and talk through it for a half hour. And then you can build a case study. Then they're willing to give you a video plus a quote. Like they're willing to almost create all of those formats with you. Others will say, hey, thanks so much. Here's a quote you can use. Great. Because sometimes gathering all of that and making the ask and getting the content is really difficult for marketing teams. So kind of pigeonholing yourself into one format, you could be really stopping yourself from getting the power in the way the customer, one, wants to talk about your business, and two, is willing to talk about your business as well. So don't limit yourself. Mm, Yeah. And the phrase that came to mind when you said that is like co-creation, right? Is that fair to say? Like having a more, instead of coming, kind of coming to them and being like, hey, would you do you know, a case study or would you do X, Y, Z? Coming to them and saying like, hey, like we'd like to help you to share your story and then kind of co-creating what that might be. Absolutely. I personally think the only way to really have it be the best story you can tell is taking pretty much all of the heavy lift off the customer. Because again, you should already know their story. You shouldn't have to have them just say their story. You could go to them and say, what we've been noticing, you guys, your team is having success and bring those all out. You basically tell the story for them. So you're essentially getting like a head nod or a yes, you know, and then from there, you just kind of figure out the formats that make, make the most sense. Like one time I had emailed a customer and I really just thought knowing the background that I was going to maybe get a quote or, you know, something small. And they got on the phone with me and we talked for 45 minutes. And it was just amazing from that perspective, just learning more about them, even more things that we hadn't kind of discovered the success that we helped them with. And that customer was willing to give us so many more formats than originally I had thought in my head. So really just bringing out the story for them is going to get you much closer to any kind of final product. makes a ton of sense. And looking into the future and all things customer marketing and customer advocacy in the future, if you had a crystal ball or if you're looking in your crystal ball, like where do you see things evolving to, you know, what are some of the changes that you see happening and the evolutions in customer marketing, customer advocacy, customer stories? I think one thing that you mentioned that I, that I love, but I think you're really going to see a emergence of kind of collaboration into one is customer marketing and community building. Right now, most companies, they're kind of separate, if that makes sense, in the way that their communities interact with each other. And the company is kind of that middle ground, but we already see this happening, right? In a lot of communities that exist without, without a vendor <laughs> that just exists on their own. But I think what will be really interesting is that overlap of having the customer marketing teams work with customer success and building out those communities. And so it has like every aspect of the company involved. A great example of that is 
companies that have Slack channels. They have threads, they have content, they have trainings, they have events now, they have happy hours, they have networking. And really, at the end of the day, where's the ROI? It's very hard from a marketing or a CEO standpoint to, okay, where's my return? If we put this much money into building this community, how much more money am I going to get out? Is there a retention factor? And again, it goes back to like you're giving out that value with almost no expectation in return. But you're bringing together your customers and all of their voices and what they believe in with the people internally that can do something about it. You bring in the product manager, the product marketing manager, and have them be part of that community. And you get that firsthand knowledge and that voice. And you get that intersection of, you know, customer marketing adding value, but also bringing in other parts of the company to listen, to join customer advocacy, like meetups, things like that. And I think you'll just see more and more companies start to build out communities like that with no expectation and no, quote, price point attached to it. Absolutely. Something I'm seeing on my end. And you mentioned, you know, the ROI question and proving value. That's always an interesting one because it's one of those things where like not everything, I forget the saying, but it's something to the effect of like, not everything valuable can be measured and not everything that can be measured is inherently valuable, right? Just because you can measure it doesn't mean it's worth doing. And I think, I mean, customer marketing and customer advocacy, a lot of the things that we do can fall into those like hard, sometimes harder to measure buckets. How do you think about as a head of marketing, how do you think about measuring value and proving value and all of those things and testing things, how soon to kind of cut bait on a test or yeah, I'd love to just dive into that and understand, you know, your perspective on that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I, I see kind of this trend that more and more is going away from that black and white attribution issue, which to be honest, I love, even though I'm a very, if you know me, I'm a very metrics driven (laughs) every day, you know, refreshing dashboards and looking at our KPIs. And that's just like who I am. So it's not that I don't value a lot of our goals and our KPIs and you need all that measurement. But to your point, there's a lot that you just can't measure. So from like a customer end, the typical metrics that you see organizations look at of what they define as customer experience is really like, you know, the NPS score or customer churn or the customer growth rate or customer lifetime value or engagement or active customers, active users, you know, whatever you define, which are all super important to have, by the way. It's not that you shouldn't have those. I think what matters is what you do with them. So what are the programs underneath that you believe are making those go up or down? Which ones can you tie to that? And then you also find so much value in understanding a customer's perspective, even if it's anecdotal. So like surveys, open-ended questions, things like that. And it's almost like the customer pulse of like the non-metrics, right? Like qualitative, quantitative, where do you fit in with that? And really bringing out that feeling. Because at the end of the day, I think the best marketing you can make and the most powerful marketing is when you can make a reaction and a feeling out of somebody. So if you can figure out a way to measure the feelings from your customers, you know, are they happy? Are they satisfied? Are they disgruntled? Are they 
grateful for your company. And then that's another level of pulse. It can mean very different things to different people. But even something like that is super important to measure. And there's many different ways you could do that. Focus groups, you know, like surveys, market research, the whole nine years. Uh, call blitz. Call your top 100 customers by revenue. Ask them the same questions. Record it. Where'd you get, you know, where's the answers to that? So yeah, I think it's a balance overall. You're always going to have those metrics and KPIs, but digging a little bit under the lens to see like, hmm, where are the feelings? Where are the thoughts? What words do they use? And measuring that is super important. Such a good point. And one thing that we haven't touched on quite yet is sales and the relationship with sales that we as marketers can build and you know need to build, right? Any tips for like marketers out there who are creating customer stories or, you know, that sales is going to use, like how can they build a, the best relationship with sales in the most quickly effective way? Great question. And this is talked about a lot, right? Alignment, <laughs> alignment internally. And so I think really focusing on building a customer experience in every single level and every single role at a company is crucial in having everyone understand that. So the the easiest way, which most people talk about is having alignment between goals. You should share goals, like have shared objectives and share with different teams that make sense. So a marketing and sales one could be in alignment around shared number of deals, a shared number of average contract value. I share what is, if you have inbound and outbound, what percent will marketing bring in and what percent will sales bring in and have everybody rally around that number and discuss that number. (laughs) At the end of the day, if you can create that internally and everyone's on the same page, everyone will understand what projects and priorities should be worked on and shouldn't be worked on based upon your goals together. And with that, then you can kind of develop, you know, if you need tools or processes, things like that, getting that feedback internally, externally. But I think something that's not talked about a lot is having, if it's on a weekly basis, monthly, whatever that might look like with the teams that you're trying to align to marketing and sales is understanding the other person's perspective. So how else can I support other internal teams for their customer priorities. You know, how else can I serve the customer within my role? And then when, if you go around and have everyone answer that, it creates like so much transparency and overlap and ideas come from that. So marketing shouldn't be running and talking to customers without sales and customer success on board, flushed out the idea, the goal, the best approach, all of that. And I think starting way from the beginning, that helps you have a level field. I think what I learned early in my career is creating that relationship internally of knowing, you know, what's important to Sam? What's Sam working on this quarter and his initiatives that reach the customer? What are mine? And sharing that, how we can help each other will cause just like a natural organic alignment around the customer. So true. That empathy is so critical. Tara, this has been fantastic. Where can folks get in touch with you, learn a bit more about you, get accept if they want to connect? You can find me on LinkedIn, but I also encourage you to go to getaccept.com. 
You can read about our product and our new category that we're leading for digital sales rooms. So yeah, I've been enjoying this conversation and would love to talk with anybody. So feel free to reach out. Awesome. This has been a, this has been a blast, Tara. Thank you again for uh, hopping on here to the state of customer storytelling. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our chat. Alrighty, folks, that was another fantastic episode of the state of customer storytelling with Tara Pollack, head of marketing US at GetAccept. A lot of key takeaways there, just to underline a few of my favorites. Right off the bat, this idea that customer marketing is, is, it's not just marketing to customers. It can be much, much more than that. And the way that Tara really was defining it as, you know, value that you're willing to give your customers with no expectation of anything in return is such a key point, you know, leading with value first. And then, you know, your customers are going to volunteer, really. They're going to want to help if you help them. Some really great points about when you're starting your customer marketing and customer advocacy program, understand the customer, do your research and really understand, you know, their goals and what they're trying to achieve and, you know, how you can help them achieve that and making them the hero of the story. Also, uh, a really key point about helping them with their career growth and their personal achievement and that not everyone maybe wants to be in the public spotlight. Some people may want that recognition, but maybe in a slightly different environment. Maybe they just want a you know, private webinar amongst their peers. And it's, I think, important, and Tara brought up the point, it's important to realize that like people have, you know, different you know, proclivities when it comes to that. We talked also about different formats and that in today's, you know, 2022, like you can't just have one format. You have to be everywhere. And people like to absorb content in different ways. And with that in mind, you need to give them the opportunity to do that. And then you also functionally, you're going to have to have different formats for different platforms, right? Tons of good stuff about that. A bunch of takeaways on how to ask them, trying to get them to, you know, see if they're open to co-create with you and not assuming that they'll, oh, only give you a quote or they'll only give you, you know, X, Y, Z, seeing what they're open to. We also talked about the overlap of customer marketing and customer success. And then, of course, you know, sales alignment, such a challenging but crucial topic. A lot of great stuff about alignment and really empathy as well. Understanding whether it is the goals of your sales team or the goals of your of your customer base, how we can have that empathy and ultimately be the most helpful to that other person. Fantastic episode today. Definitely recommend you to check out Get Accept. Check out Tara. Connect with her on LinkedIn. This has been the State of Customer Storytelling Podcast brought to you by Testimonial Hero. And we'll see you in the next episode.